What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On the, on the eve of Touchdown Atlantic, it seems that the schooner deal is dead. And it's sad to say, right, this should be a celebration. And I still think the city is excited to have Touchdown Atlantic here. Savage said to me that they didn't invite Touchdown Atlantic to be here. And we need the key truth speakers in this instance to show us where the potential of expansion really is right now. And that's probably not happening in Halifax. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Here we go, saying again, do not follow me for betting advice. Uh, go to betregal.ca, the experts, where they have the money lines. Riders were favored by three in Touchdown Atlantic and lost by six. Uh, boy, bit, the second hour is going to be a whole heck of a lot of fun. And just before we bring the moose back in, this ain't even a contest. Our poll question yeah, today is we cracked a lid on hour two. And there's the moose in his great hair. Who is Canada's best NHL team? Running away with it? The Edmonton Oilers. The last I saw, 78% of the vote for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. The other two options we came up with were Calgary and Toronto. I thought being here in Calgary, I, just, I could not say the Calgary Flames, but I didn't vote for them. I voted for the Edmonton Oilers. Moose voted for the Leafs. And by the way, we're going to... Uh, just a couple comments here regarding our interview last hour with Gary Stern, the owner of the Montreal Alouettes. How cool is this guy? Moose, he's cooler than the other side of your pillow. And Ryan in Saratoga, New York's watching, and he says, that was a great interview with Mr. Stern. I know things currently look bleak for the Alouettes, but I hope they win the Grey Cup in Sid's memory. And Adam watching in Hamilton says, hey, Rod, who do you think is going to win the CFL East? I'm thinking a Winnipeg-Toronto Grey Cup. That's what I'm thinking. So, Moose, I'm throwing a lot of things at you. We're coming in hot here in hour two. What did you think of the interview with the owner of the Montreal Alouettes, Gary Stern? You know, I thought it was really good. I thought it was honest. You know, I think he came out right away and said that he's disappointed. I mean, he thought they were going to go undefeated. And he, you know, obviously <laughs> should think that he's the owner. But he's disappointed in the results. But, he, but he's excited about it, the future. I mean, you know, we look at the first year of, of their ownership. He's like, this is our first year. This is year one. And it doesn't feel like that to us. It doesn't feel like that to this regime of the Alouettes because of 
I mean, with Kahari Jones at the helm, now it's Danny Machocha. But, uh, you know, I'm excited, you know, to see where this organization will go and, and what types of things that uh, Gary's going to do to help them grow. He seems like a guy that would clearly treat his people well. But I, I shuddered a little bit when he said, well, my people tell me that we're on the right track. I'm like, yeah, I've seen that. Like, that's why I don't want to be an owner, man. Like Gary clearly just kind of wants a toy. He doesn't want to get involved. He's a nice guy. But how do you know that you have the right people? Because I've worked for all kinds of owners, all kinds of presidents and governors, and it's, tr- it's tricky. It's tricky to win. And then to sustained winning. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know if these owners get together and talk about, hey, how did you do it, Mr. Kraft? How did you do it, Mr. Kraft? Like he's going to tell everybody else what his secret to success is. It's hard to be an owner, I would think. Yeah, I would think so. And, and when you say, my people are telling me we're doing great things. Well, yeah, yeah they want to keep their jobs. You know, they do. They want to they want you to think that everything is going great and they're doing a great job. I mean, how do you really know unless you get in there? And I mean, obviously, if you talk to multiple people, you'll you'll really find out what's going on. Talk to the players. You talk to the coaching staff. You talk to the trainers. You talk to assistants and whatever else. But uh you know what? If he thinks it's going well, who are we to judge? Yeah, it's his team, right? But it's a wonderful franchise. It's a wonderful city, and uh, we wish them the best. But my favorite line from the whole interview was, somebody with the Alouettes must love you, Rod. This is my meditation time. But they said, no, no, you got to go on the show. So je t'aime, Alouettes. Particularly Francois. Um, we are going to jump all over the place like the family of squirrels that we are. I do want to get back to the CFL in a moment, but we didn't go deep enough into this NHL thing for a second. I know it's July 18th, and this is episode number 801 of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show, but it is Canada. And I go back to that Flames thing and the guy wearing his hat at the Stampede yesterday. Calgary Flames, 2022 Pacific champs. I've never really even seen those sold in stores for any team. I, I, it looked like he got that printed up somewhere. Uh, would that surprise you if somebody, for any team, not just a Flames fan? Like, could you see you a guy see going with and tattoos. doing that? Yeah, people get tattoos all the time of their team and different things. I've never heard of somebody going and embroidering a hat that says, you know, champs or, or division champs. I mean, all the Stanley Cup merch is there for the Colorado Avalanche, and that's, that's widely known. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen, you know, stuff, you know, when you win a, when you win a pennant, I've seen that on, on gear, but not in the NHL and not on a half. That, that did surprise me. Yeah. I've seen it, like you, I've seen it in a lot of other leagues, but not the NHL, interestingly enough. From Andrew Stout, he says, Je t'aime aussi, mon amour, Rod. I love you too, my friend. That's from Andrew. Um, Randy in Winnipeg says, I voted Edmonton. Because I didn't want to vote for the Leafs. <laughs> LOL. I just don't... I don't... The Oilers haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1990. I get it. Leafs 1967. But it's just amazing. It's a... I got to say, the Oilers aren't as much of a team in flux coming out of the first week of free agency. Now they got their goalie. Said they signed Matthias Janmark over the weekend. He's a good player. I think the Oilers coming back. And by the way, being the best team in Canada gets you what? A bag of potato chips? Like it's not, you know, they don't get a trophy for that. 
No. But I'm just saying going into this season with free agency all but sewn up, I mean, who, how close are you following that? Who's left out there that could help a team? Uh, well, Nazem Kadri, right? I mean, the Calgary Flames are going to need to sign somebody because they are kind of hot in this town. No, for sure they do. I mean, there are some names out there. And, I mean, if you want to go to a half a dozen years ago, um, there are some big names out there if you want to go back a little bit, like Phil Kessel's available and P.K. Subban is available if you want to go to some some names that were probably really highly coveted about you know five, six years ago. But and still have some gas left in the tank, and you might be able to get you know, a player like that on a, on a really good contract and help supplement what you have, you're not going to replace Johnny Gaudreau's 115 points in one shot. It's just not going to happen. I mean, even with a miracle season from somebody left on the market, they're not getting to 115 points, but you might be able to piece together, a, you know, some, some safeguards or a stopgap situation um, with what's left. Well, we're obviously following it very closely, and we'll see what the Calgary Flames do. But they're going to have to do a lot. And they still do have, I believe, the division's best goalie. But they're going to do a, have to do a lot to repeat as division champions. Which, by the way, other than getting a banner, which means something. I mean, you know, with the championship teams I've been on or the teams that have won banners, like in hockey, you walk into arena and say, oh, I was with that team. Like, that does mean a lot. That does mean a lot. But it's interesting, our guy Jug in Saskatoon writes in the Jug, and he laughs. He says, Stampede won, Roddy zero. And I will say that. The Stampede did take a round out of me, and I don't drink alcohol. So for the, I think there are people that will be recovering well, until the weekend when Country Thunder starts up out here. I can't believe the constitution of these people. It is ungodly. It's, un- <laughs> it's impressive. Um, but sitting around yesterday at Calgary Stampede Championship Sunday, this is somewhat new for me, Moose, to be in an NHL market. And I love it. We're sitting around a table. And I'm, list- I'm just listening. I'm getting so much better at this. I was telling somebody on the weekend, I don't chime in anymore. Darren, can you believe it? I just sit and I listen. How about that? How about that? And, well, they've turned from the shock. They've turned from the shock of him signing in Columbus to kind of the anger, right? Yeah. So they're starting to dump on him a little bit, and they're getting angry, and you knew that was going to come. Um, they actually, the group that I was with knew that I was a certified mental health recovery and addiction recovery coach. So they're like, what are the stages of, uh, grief again? And I'm like, yeah, kind of different for everybody, but you're hitting them all. (laughs) So eventually they'll hit acceptance. They're not quite at acceptance yet, which probably wouldn't surprise you at all. But anyways. Montreal's made some nice moves. People like the Kirby Docks there, and they've moved out Jeff Petrie and that trade on the weekend. But uh, I guess we're talking about the team. And by the way, when you say what's Canada's best team, it's the team that will go furthest in the playoffs. Do you think Toronto's got it in them next year with, uh, with the goaltending changes that they've made? That's a big question mark, obviously, for both the Oilers and the Leafs. Can, you know, the, you know, the group that Toronto's putting together with Samsonov uh, and 
<clears throat> with Matt Murray and then the other young players, can they, you know, put enough together in the crease to get Toronto into the playoffs and then win them a couple of rounds? Probably good enough to, um, for sure to get them in. I don't know to win a cup or not. But up front, they're still a very good team. They lost some of their depth pieces. They replaced them with other depth pieces. So probably for the most part, a wash. I think Edmonton is still very good getting Evander Kane locked up. That seems to be a really good fit. So I think in Edmonton, you're really happy with the group coming back as well. Um, yeah, Calgary is the one team that hasn't really that's taken a big step back. You know, Montreal's improved. Their future's coming. Ottawa's really improved. Their future is not here yet, but it's really close to being here. It might be another year away, but it's really close. Uh, Calgary's a team that's that that went the wrong way here in the offseason. Eleven, eleven Mountain, by the way. Just so you know, you're 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 entering the next chapter, Moose. All the prior chapters have prepared you for that. Now, and I feel like a bit of a, com- a country bumpkin in that. When I say I've never lived in an NHL market before, you know, quasi full time uh, since I went to college here in Calgary. But it's just inter- all they do every day is sit around and talk about their NHL team. It's kind of cool, you know. Yeah. And the majority of our viewers are probably in NHL markets. I don't know. We'd have to run the numbers and look. But I come from largely a CFL market where all they do is sit around and talk about the CFL team. But it's different here. Haven't heard a lot of talk about the Calgary Stampeders, but we may change that. Uh, so, and switching gears, I said we would get back to the CFL. And this is the one, th- I wouldn't sure, Darren, the CFL would prefer not to have the media and public talking about these disciplinary things, the pregame fight in Touchdown Atlantic, the alleged spitting incident involving Saskatchewan's Duke Williams. But they don't control what we talk about, we do. And David in Winnipeg watching, David Asplin says, on the Duke Williams situation, if I went to my coworker and threw a helmet at him or spit on him, I'd be severely disciplined. And it's time to hold these players accountable. Doesn't matter if you're a franchise player or all-star, we shouldn't be sweeping these things under the rug and handling them properly. So I said before we went to break at the top of the hour, I would ask you what you think should happen to him. I with the investigation, I would assume is ongoing. Um, yeah. Investigations ongoing. I wouldn't compare it to throwing a helmet at your work situation. The way I would compare it is if Rod threw a pen at me, right. Or picked up the microphone flag there and, and threw that at me or some sort of equipment oh, that you use on a daily basis. Right. But you know, um, I know it's not, you can't, it's hard to compare them. Supplemental discipline. It wasn't handled on the field. So you have to sup- handle it supplementally. If you think he shouldn't have played in the game because of that, then my guess is he's going to get a one-game suspension. He shouldn't have played. They didn't take care of it, so they'll make sure he does sit out for a game. And so I would expect my my estimate would be Duke Williams doesn't play the next Ryder game. That would be my guess, too. I have to put this in for Jeff, the Stamps fan. He's been writing in a few times. He says, my Stampeders were robbed on Friday. And he says the officiating was terrible in the game. Full disclosure, and I can't remember what I was doing on Friday. I think Stampeding. rodeo. I was at the Chuck Wagons. I didn't see one snap of the Winnipeg-Calgary game. Like nothing. I didn't even see a highlight after the fact. I didn't see anybody from the Calgary organization come out and complain 
about the officiating in the game at all. I, well, no, I did see highlights now that I think about it because the game-ending play was tipped by the, uh, the uh, Calgary receiver, Kamar Jordan, uh, in the end zone into the Winnipeg players' hands to end the game, right? And Adam and Hamilton says it was an exciting weekend of football. Each game had plenty of drama. And I'm glad that I wrote this down. Darren Hamilton got its first win, 25-23 over Ottawa in Hamilton. And the breaking news today is the Tiger Cats have added Kahari Jones as a football operations advisor. We've mentioned touchdown Atlantic, Toronto beating Sask 30-24. Winnipeg beating the Stamps 26-19. And Edmonton opened the week beating Gary Stearns, Alouettes 32-31. Can I just ask you this? In the minute that we have left, Riders lose that game. The football people are telling me that it was a winnable game by the Riders and that they let it get away. And any criticism of the quarterback specifically or solely is Cody Fajardo is misguided. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't help to have the interceptions, obviously, uh, and and the one at the end. But if, when it's going off a receiver's hands, there's not much you can do. And when your quarterback is giving you a chance to win and keeping you in the football game. You know, that's what you want. Right. And uh, no, I think I think Cody's the guy. And you look around and I say, who would you replace him with? Who would you replace him with? Because um, there's not a a ton of guys out there that are just going to come in and be better than Cody, be a better leader. Um, Yeah, I think you've got the guy that's going to get you where you need to go. Well, we await this weekend update on Cody Fajardo's status because he did appear injured in the game. As a matter of fact, hang on. Hold that thought, everybody. We'll come back and I'll finish my thoughts on the Fajardo injury and the uh, twisting under the pile. More on the NHL talk on our poll question, so stick around. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show. We're live on the Game Plus television network all across Canada on Game Plus and 31 U.S. states. We're also live on YouTube, and you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. All right, we're back at that beautiful place, Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination. The viewers watching on YouTube saw the commercial on the break for the World Juniors. And indeed, gear up, Alberta. The World Juniors are back in Edmonton this summer, August 9th to the 20th. Single game tickets are on sale now for as low as $40 at HockeyCanada.ca. But please text World Juniors right now in all caps, right now, to 902-518-3033. And you'll be entered to win any regular tournament World Juniors game tickets of your choice. Two winners will be picked every Friday. They're calling it the Summer of Hockey, and the World Juniors are in Edmonton in August, and we will be there broadcasting live. Before I jump into a sports update, and it might be a minute or two before I do, let's bring in the Moose if you don't mind. He is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle right now. Moose, I'm just calling up my Twitter. Clyde Carpenter has written us. He is in the Maritimes. He says, hey, Rod, you should come out east and do a few shows here in St. John's, Newfoundland. I guess Newfoundland, I believe, is not considered the Maritimes. But you know what I mean. It's out there as you're looking at the map. Are we taking this show on the road again? Is it time? 
Is it time? <laughs> I would, You're the I boss. I would do it in a heartbeat. I've never been out um, that far east. I haven't been. So I would love to go. Um, if Mr. Carpenter wants to arrange that, I mean, <laughs> I would love to find some partners out there, somebody to bring us out. That'd be great. Well, you guys did put out a tweet last week, and I won't say whom, from our show account about broadcasting a show from a yacht in Miami. And I think a lot of people need to understand, I don't really even have control over the Twitter account of The Rod Peterson Show. I don't even know what the hang you guys were talking about. What's going on? Are we going on a yacht in Miami to do the show? I think that was just a line in the water to see if there was somebody with a yacht who's like, sure, I've got a place. I'm not, I'm not sure uh, at, at that moment, but I mean, the way okay. the show's it, gone was, and where we've broadcasted, it, it could be anywhere. Wasn't you then. Okay. That's all that I'm asking. Uh, where, oh, so I apologize. Back to the viewers here. There have been many. Comments that have come in here today, as usual. I'm trying to find the one from Pinks. Maybe he needs to write in again. Um, he says, here it is. Congratulations to Zach Hill and the Flyers PR staff, Philadelphia Flyers, for winning the 2022 Dillman Award presented to the number one East-West public relations team in the National Hockey League. Fourth win for Hill's team and great walk-off into retirement. Pinks is the biggest Philadelphia Flyers fan I know that isn't alum because Joe Watson, when we were with him, the 78-year-old Joe Watson, the Philadelphia Flyers great, two-time Stanley Cup champion, and we were with him in Estevan. He's best friends with this Zach guy. And so this guy's named Zach, and he's retiring. So clearly he was ahead of his time being named Zach and heading into retirement, Moose. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think so. They're probably, when, when he was born, probably not a lot of Zachs uh, in the world at that moment. But um, no, Joe Watson speaks very highly of him. I've spoken to Zach on the phone. Um, you know, great guy. And Joe, who's taken over, I'm just going to continue that. He was working with Zach, so they've got a great PR department. Congratulations. Uh, by the way, NHL free agency. Not over. Uh, Randy in Winnipeg points out that John Klingberg is still available, who's done great things uh, with the Dallas Stars. So I guess you could remake your team in a hurry. I guess the race is over. If you're the Calgary Flames, you got that $10.5 million that you offered to Johnny Hockey just sitting there. So you would expect that they're going to make a splash, and you've said it yourself. Uh, they're not going to pl- replace Johnny Gaudreau's 115 points. But if you literally have a guy that didn't want to be there, this is what I'm trying to tell Flames fans. He didn't want to be here. So while you love him and he le- led the team in scoring six of eight years, how good would he have been if he wanted to be here? He doesn't want to be here. So that, they, they are not at the acceptance stage at Taryn, I guess, <laughs> no. is my place, uh, my, my point. Um, we were asking earlier, it's not the poll question today, but will you watch the home run derby tonight? And uh, you're down as a yes, correct? Yep. Yeah. I'm down as a yes as well. Jumping, and by the way, the text line's open, 902-518-3033. For your questions and comments, but also to text World Juniors in all caps and enter our contest to win tickets to the round-robin games of your choice of the World Juniors next month in Edmonton. But Adam in uh, 
Hamilton uh, says the biggest headline in the CFL could be the terrible imbalance of Eastern versus Western teams. Now, it's been a couple of weeks since I went back and added up the records. I think the last time I did, West teams in the Canadian Football League total were like 12-2, and two, and I think the East teams were 2-6. and six. And I apologize now that I say that. I, I think I, I put it in my commentary that runs on the radio, but I didn't mention it on this show. Why I think the teams in Western Canada have for decades been better than the teams in Eastern Canada simply because they take it far more seriously out here. And by the way, nobody argued that. People have said to me, you know, I've been trying to figure it out too. Maybe you're right. And what I mean by that is if you miss a kick and you're playing in a Western Canadian market, you drop a pass, you miss a tackle on the game-winning touchdown, you're probably going to have to answer for it the next day in the gas station or in the supermarket or I'm not joking. You're listening to the talk radio where people are dumping on you all the time. Where in the Eastern Canada, they just don't care as much. That's what I'm like when Boris Beatty, Toronto's kicker, missed that extra point. I'm like, I don't think he's going to have to answer for that tomorrow on the streets of Toronto, which cost the Argos a game or at least going to overtime in a game. Is there any reason that you could put your finger on? You probably spent zero seconds thinking about this, but off the top of your head, what do you think it would be? Yeah, zero time spent on it. But, you know, I think there's just such a steep history and, and you know, you get all of that in these Western Canadian markets. I know Hamilton's got a big history and there's history with the Argonauts and the Alouettes and, you know, a small one with the Red Blacks, but it's just, it's a different thing when you get out here. I mean, we want to say that when you're in the prairies and in Saskatchewan, that's all there is, is the football team, right? There's not all the different things and the, and the uh, opportunities or options that are out there in Toronto or in Montreal. It's not really true anymore, especially in the day of the Internet, but uh, it is. It's just got such a steep history and, and uh, you know, that framework for football. Uh, it's, as much as I'm really enjoying meeting new people in Calgary and the fact that there is literally something to do different every single day. I'm explaining what it's like in Saskatchewan where it is all the football team all day, every day. Did I mention all day, <laughs> every day? It's, yeah. uh, it's a different way of thinking when you're not there anymore. Uh, Rick Sawatsky on the 902 text line. He said he is, where is Rick? He is in Martinsville, Sask. He says, despite the current state of the Riders, I take solace that despite winning only four times Grey Cups in 100 years, all other fan bases are salivating at piling on the Riders and their fans. And then he goes, rent-free. So he's enjoying being the antagonist of other fan bases that are jealous of the fact that, they're, that the team in Saskatchewan is the only team and the number one team. He's enjoying that. And by the way, you know, what exactly are the struggles of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? They're four and two. I think they're third place in the CFL West. Like, things could be worse. Oh, things could be way worse, for sure. But you see little, you know, cracks in the armor that, you know, has the, the fan base nervous or worried that they're not going to be able to keep this up, that they won't be eight and four, right? That the losing will start to pile up. But um, they've been able to win. They've got enough talent 
And, you know, between their coach and between Cody and some of their weapons, they've got enough, you know, really good people in the organization um, on the field that they've been able to overcome the penalties and overcome some of the mistakes to get four wins. So I think they're going to be okay. Still a long ways to go, but we're closing or getting close to closing the book on the opening third of the season as we approach week seven in the Canadian Football League. Um, Jeff in Calgary regarding the Flames, he says they should get the 89 team back together. For what? To play? Or a reunion? Um, I will be honest with you. I don't know if you noticed, Moose, the belt buckle that I was wearing. I was having a nervous breakdown over what kind of belt buckle I was going to buy. A, I didn't want to spend too much money because you know how cheap I am. B, I didn't earn it. It would be like going to the trophy store and buying a trophy. You know, my brother has won yeah. all these belt buckles. They mean something. He won them. I'm going to go buy one. But then I go to Lamley's, and uh, the one that I bought was quite nice, actually, and it wasn't one of those big dinner plates. Yeah. You know, it was an actual, like a buckle. It turned out real good. But the reason I bring that up is... Tim Hunter was here the other day, the 89 Stanley Cup champion, who, by the way, I don't know if you saw his Instagram today, but apparently Tim Hunter has the most penalty minutes all time of any guy that ever played against the L.A. Kings. This is what hockey people do in the summer to fill their time. They break these things down. So no player in NHL history has had more penalty minutes against the L.A. Kings than Tim Hunter. So anyways... I said, Give me, let me have a look at that belt buckle you got on. And it was a Calgary Flames belt buckle. And it was gold and cool. silver. And I was like, whoo-ha. Where'd you get that? And he goes, every, team, every player on the 89 Calgary Flames got one of these belt buckles. It was specially made. And I think one of the companies that makes these belt buckles is Montana Silversmiths. I don't know if they made this buckle or not, but it was er, Jostens that makes the rings. And Hunter said that there was like only five guys on the team that even cared to have one of these things. So I'm sure if I went to cool. eBay or uh, hit Pawn, Pawn Stars, you know, uh, I could probably find one. But it was, it was nice. It was really nice. Would you wear I'm a Calgary Flames belt buckle? Or, or would, you wear a Ma- would you wear a Maple Leafs belt buckle? You know, I probably wouldn't as a fan. I remember my dad used to have belt buckles too now. He grew up on a farm. I remember being amazed at his belt buckle collection, but they weren't, you know, fake ones. They were ones that were gifted to him from farmers or from work. I think there were a lot of John Deere, right, belt buckles. So those were, I thought those were really cool. And, you know, I always wanted one or to wear a belt buckle. And honestly, I haven't thought about it in a while, but you say that, I'm like, maybe we got to get some belt buckles made up for the show. I wonder if we'd sell a few at the Stampede. Well, we have a brand, Branding Iron. But I was walking yeah. around the Calgary Stampede uh, yesterday, and I thought a lot about my dad, who's not with us anymore, but he, he wore a buckle with a bowl, a gold bowl on it, and that was his thing. So we'll find out if the Colorado Avalanche will have special commemorative Stanley Cup belt buckles made uh, when Mark Moser, their broadcaster, joins us next. Moose, we'll see you for overtime. You bet. Indeed, we are going to Colorado next. We're broadcasting live from the Great Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination. We're on the stage bar before a live studio audience, and we'll be right back on the Game Plus television network. Also live streaming on YouTube, and you can always catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Amazon, Google, 
Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It is the RP Show live from Grey Eagle Events Center. And uh, by the way, it is the summer of hockey. The World Juniors, August 9th to the 20th, will be played in Edmonton. We'll be broadcasting live from Rogers Place. You can get tickets now for as low as $40. And they're available now at HockeyCanada.ca. I don't know if it's uh, summer of hockey in Denver. It probably is. Mark Moser is the uh, Colorado Avalanche broadcaster. The Stanley Cup champions. He welcomes us today. He joined us through the run. And now here is as a champion... Congratulations, Mark. Did I see you on the stage emceeing part of or all of the uh, Stanley Cup parade down there in Denver? Actually, Rod, I was actually uh, – our network combined with another local uh, television station in Denver. And so Peter McNabb and I were with our friend Andrew Heal from Channel 7 up on a um, a different stage, actually, broadcasting the entire parade and all the festivities. But uh, – you can bet that there were a couple of uh, beers consumed there. People were throwing beers up to the television booth. And, you know, you got to hammer those, I guess, uh, during parade day. But it was uh, an unbelievably memorable experience. I mean, so much fun. It's been 21 years, obviously. And these Avalanche fans are really, really eating it up. Well, I, I knew I saw you on a stage somewhere. So maybe it wasn't the main platform, but I was watching. And uh, congratulations again on that. Is the party still on or is it? Is it over yet? I think for me, for me, it's over. <laughs> I think my, my wife would like it to be over, to be honest with you. But um, uh, it, it's, it was just such a fun time, Rod. I mean, it just because the guys enjoyed it so much. And I hope that everybody who's watching and listening to your show, you know, when you see a team win, you can really see the genuine enthusiasm and the genuine emotion come out of guys, right? I mean, you can tell that. This meant everything to them. And not that any other Stanley Cup champion isn't excited and, and, and didn't want it, isn't thrilled that they won a, a Stanley Cup. But these guys had worked hard, you know, and the guys who were here from the 48-point season, the doldrums, I mean, the worst of the worst, they knew they were going to be better, but you had to keep building and building and building. And they set their sights, you know, higher and higher every year and learned every single year. They had their quilt, right, is what I like to say, and they just kept piecing pieces on their quilt to eventually get where they want it to be and, and be able to win it all. So it was a very rewarding for them. But it's just, you know, it's fun. So if these guys want to celebrate all summer long and give Ovechkin a run for his money, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good to me. As long as we get to October and everybody's ready to go play some hockey again. Oh, for, well, and that leads me to a couple other questions. The last time you were on with us, it was an awesome interview. And what stuck with me was you said the loss to Vegas, giving up, what was it, a 3-1 series lead to the Golden Knights last year and losing was the fuel for this year. What's the fuel moving forward other than wanting to be repeat, uh, wanting to repeat? Have you, you know, have they talked about that? Have you examined that on your own yet? Or what, you know, what's the mindset coming back? The feel I get from the guys, Rod, and sort of what I've gleaned from what they've been saying is that now they, I mean, they've gotten there and there's no satisfaction. They, you know, once you get there and you get that feeling, you want more of it. You want to keep going and keep going. And I think they all realize, <clears throat> excuse me, that this is a special group. 
And even with special groups, you're, you have a window. So now, is your window this big? Is your window this big? Is it somewhere in the middle? They all realize that they have a window with the players they currently have on this team and with the core the way it's currently constructed. And so I, I think they're going to do everything they can to try and, and reproduce what happened this year, year after year after year. I mean, you've got your McKinnon, you've got your Landis Gog, you've got your Ranson, and you've got your McCarr, right? You, you've got your Bowen Byram, so these younger guys. You've got the veterans they put around who – it's very interesting, too, because when you think about the deals that Joe Sackick and Chris McFarland, who's now the GM, did in terms of acquiring a Josh Manson, helm before the season – uh, Andrew Cogliano, trading for Arturi Leckin into the deadline. They said, you know, we like all these guys. They all fit perfectly. They like us. They obviously want to run it back. They want more of it, too. And they've all resigned now, which is really a, a very, very interesting thing. So, you know, you have your budget. You have your, your salary cap situation. But uh, these guys want to continue to be a part of it, continue to push forward, continue to win more Stanley Cups. More questions coming out of this. But speaking of the party, how much are you keeping track of the Cubs' whereabouts? For instance, I see it's been just down the highway here in Lethbridge with Wade Klippenstein. It's been in Sask with uh, Ryan Murray in Regina. I'm not sure. Are you keeping uh, – how much of a handle are you keeping on that or tabs? Well, when it started in Quebec, when, when, uh, when Nicholas Obey-Kubel and, and Sam Girard had it, I started there. And then, honestly, I lost it. I lost it entirely, Rod, until I saw Jack Johnson have it the other day. And he and his family made a gigantic ice cream sundae out of it, you know, and, and the kids were eating out of it and everybody was doing their thing. So I, I guess I, I started at first going, oh, this is interesting. Okay, I see where it's going now. Okay, cool. And then all of a sudden, it's gone. <laughs> it's, it's into the ether world. Uh, I was lucky enough to be invited to, a, to one of the parties here in, in the very earliest part of September. So that's the next time that I will see that Stanley Cup again at, the, at one of the players' parties. But uh until then, who knows where it's going to be, right? It's, you know, it's going to have to be engraved, obviously, before the season begins and so on. But, you know, I think anybody, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're a hockey fan, you look at the Stanley Cup as the holy grail. Because, Rod, I always say, you know what it is? It's hockey immortality. And listen, I'll never be a player. I'll never be a coach. I'll never be an administrator with a team. I'm just a broadcaster. I'm a TV guy. But for these guys, your, your name is essentially there forever. And then once your band comes off, it's in the Hockey Hall of Fame forever. So you are immortalized in the hockey world. And when you see that Stanley Cup, and I was fortunate enough to be on the ice and in the locker room after game six in Tampa, you know, and, and no matter how many times I see it, you know, going back to when I first saw it 30 years ago or whatever the case may be, it is the shiniest, it is the prettiest, it is the gleamiest object, I think, that that, that people, you know, have ever seen. It's just an unbelievable piece of hardware that, uh, that goes through, you know, from, from team to team down through the passage of time. You don't, it's up to you, you don't own it. You borrow it for a short amount of time, and then it's off to other people as well. So it, it just travels through time. And I think there's something sentimental about that. I think there's something even, even hockey spiritual-wise, something about it just makes it so special. It's incredibly incredibly incredible and to be honest with you the last couple summers i've been at some stanley cup parties and i've gotten to be good friends with phil pritchard the keeper of the cup and uh, you would think his schedule is just like maddening and it is but he feels privileged to be able to accompany it with all these parties and he's like he has the exact same thoughts of it obviously that you do now yeah and, we'll and i saw through. phil a couple of times leading up i saw phil a couple of times leading up and i'm thinking okay you ready for this one are you ready <laughs> and of course the abs uh, once they first got it, Rod, uh, they they had some liberties with it. And he's like, okay, 
let's let's hang on now. Let's protect this thing. But uh, it's just amazing. Great stuff. Yeah, for sure. And at some point, it's going to go through Saskatoon with Darcy Kemper. At what point did you realize or think or know that he wasn't going to be back with the Avalanche next season? And your thoughts on that? You know, I, I don't know. Here's, here's what I do know. I don't know the exact time frame. I don't know when it exactly was decided, whether it's, you know, after the, the cup is won and you're getting ready for the parade. And, but, but I know that agents and, and front offices talk all the time. When a guy is in the last year of his contract, you have to talk. Hey, what are your intentions? These are our intentions. This is what we're looking for. What are you looking for? What kind of money are you looking for? What do we need you to come in at? I'm sure these conversations happen all the time during the course of a season, unless one side says, you know, why don't we shut it down for right now? Let's focus on the task at hand, and that's winning, and then we'll we'll pick it back up another time. But it just feels to me, and I'm not saying a foregone conclusion, but I think that both sides had to know that, that money-wise, and Darcy's going to be only obviously cashed in with the Washington Capitals, Money-wise, you know, you got to pay a lot of players. And there is a salary cap in the National Hockey League for a reason. And, you know, I think reality probably sets in at some point during the course of the year, if not right after the Stanley Cup championship is won. So I don't think think anybody was shocked, Rod, or surprised or caught off guard the fact that Darcy was going to hit the open market and probably get a very big payday. I think for Darcy, whom I like an awful lot, I think he's a great guy, a good goalie. I, you know, it's his last best opportunity to get paid in the National Hockey League, and he must take advantage of it. I think everybody understands that because everybody, I think, is an adult in the room. Upgrade, downgrade, or the same with Alexander Gorgiev coming in from the Rangers between the pipes? I, I've, I've done a couple of games with Georgiev between the pipes for the Rangers, and I thought he was pretty good. Uh, and, and again, when you're supplanted by an Igor Shesterkin who becomes one of the best goalies on planet Earth... You're probably going to be bummed about it. You know, you were the heir apparent to a Lundquist. But I talked to some goalie people that I know. And I said, okay, give me the lowdown. And they said to me, he's going to be good. I said, well, he's 26 years old. He, you know, he got, he got stuck back behind. Yeah, mentally, it can mess with But they think his mechanics are there. And they think that things that, that they want to perhaps improve on with Alexander Georgiev, that he's going to take to it tremendously. So I think that they're very confident that this is a guy that can come in and win. And let's be honest about it too, Rod. I mean, this is a guy that comes in expecting to be the number one. They signed him to a new deal at 3.4 per. And that's part of the key with this Avalanche team. When you look at Darcy, there are times when he was very good. But he didn't have to be all world all the time because the team in front of him was so good and able to put goals in. That defensive core was terrific. And all the forwards bought into the defensive side of things. And they back-checked like crazy. I mean, everybody saw how the team played. So I don't think if you're the Avalanche right now that you think you need a top five, top eight goalie in the NHL to win again. You need a guy who's able to make timely stops, make some key saves, but you don't have to make every save in the book. And that's exactly what Darcy Kemper was. And let's be honest about it. That's essentially what Philip Grubauer was before that, too. And then, of course, he moved on to the Seattle Kraken. So I think that's the mentality going forward. And in today's salary cap era, also think about this. The Avs have... Now, Georgiev, and they've got Francois for the price of one Darcy Kemper. So they've got both goalies locked up for the price or just a little bit below what Darcy Kemper is making with Washington.
Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Apologies, everybody. Our internet, our feed got cut off last break. But just before we bring in the moose for the uh, overtime segment for the Four Seasons Sports Palace, uh, sports update. How many and how far will be the two big questions tonight when the All-Star Home Run Derby swings underway at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles? Pete Alonso, Albert Pujols, and Kyle Schwarber will be a focus of attention for fans watching the best Major League Baseball sluggers launch long balls into the L.A. night. Both Moose and I say we will be watching tonight. Will you? Bitter rivals Canada and the United States battled today in the final of the CONCACAF Women's Championship in Mexico. The two teams blazed an identical trail in reaching the final, each winning four games while outscoring the opposition 12-0. It's the team's first meeting since last August when Canada won 1-0 in the semis at the Tokyo Olympics. Remember that? The sex assault trial of former Vancouver Canucks forward Jake Vertanen begins today in B.C. Supreme Court. Vertanen was charged with one count of sexual assault in January following a police investigation into an incident that took place on September 2017 when he was playing for the Vancouver Canucks. And Canadian sprint star Andre DeGrasse has withdrawn from the 200 meters at the World Track and Field Championship, the event in which he won Olympic gold last summer in Tokyo. This sports update for the 2022 World Juniors. Gear up, Alberta. The World Juniors are back in Edmonton this summer, August 9th to the 20th. Single-game tickets are on sale now for as low as $40 at HockeyCanada.ca. For Ballers Rec Room, your official home of slow pitch, open Wednesday to Sunday for the Tap Brewhouse and drive through Liquor Store and for Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. If we can bring the moose in now, moose, I gotta apologize. Uh, I don't know if you were watching the end of the interview with Mark Moser, but something just went blink. You know how it tends to happen. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, kind of left Mark hanging there. And I assume the guys just went to a commercial break. And I appreciate y'all for doing that. By the way, uh, this overtime segment for Taco Time viewer takeover—they're not tater tots, they're Mexi fries. Can I ask you this? because we got a lot of CFL fans watching. What will be the narrative as we move through the week? The actual games, the injury to Cody Fajardo and its severity, or the, this discipline situation, and awaiting uh, a suspension, fine, that kind of thing? I think it'll be the Duke-Williams situation, and monitoring that, will we see a fine suspension? When is that going to get announced? I think that'll be the biggest topic heading into in, throughout the week. And... The Fajardo news, if it comes out and it's bad and he's got to miss a little bit of time, then that'll that'll take over the headlines when that happens. But until then, I think it's a lot about the Duke-Williams situation. By the way, when I say uh, viewer takeover, in the chat, Danda Oilerman, that's the account, Danda Oilerman says, RP show is becoming a daily thing for me. Thank you. Uh, then you might be interested in our poll results, which say the Edmonton Oilers are Canada's best NHL team, and it's not even close. How about that? Um, Randy, How about from that? The, Randy from the Peg says the RP show needs to come to the Peg for Football Friday. Then watch an undefeated team play. 
Uh, one week at a time, I guess. We're, uh, we're formulating our plans as we go. But on the Fajardo winner in, uh, injury, I wanted to point this out. And I think I left viewers hanging earlier when I said I had something to say about that. I was watching the game at uh, Shark Club Deerfoot Meadows, which is like our unofficial, what would we call it? Second home? Yeah, in Calgary. Hang out. Watching Touchdown Atlantic, and I'm with a couple football guys, one of which is Mike Abumetric. So when Cody Fajardo went down on his knee in the game, and he's getting his ankle twisted by Sean Oakman, the Argo D. Lama, and I pick up my phone to tweet, there goes your season, Ryder fans. And Abu literally grabbed my arm. He's like, whoa, whoa, he's getting up. I'm like, what? And he finished the series, if you recall. And he finished the game. Yeah. But Abu saved me from tweeting uh, something that I might have regretted. But then, but then it sounded like after the game that it blew up, flared up, or whatever. And somebody just wrote into our website, rodpeterson.com, saying uh, that he believes that Fajardo's season is over. And if his season is over, is the Saskatchewan season over? What do you think? Yes. My first answer would be yes. Um, we've looked at this. Like, I get that. When you keep moving on it and you keep going, uh, you can survive and you can roll and finish a game. But as soon as you sit and rest, the swelling starts to take over, the injury sets in a little bit more, and the healing process begins. The body starts doing those things to heal. So it makes it really tough. Cody said he was, like, getting close to coming back, being 100% healthy. Not coming back, but being healthy. Like a week or two. This might have set that back. If his season's over, I don't know who they're going to replace him with. Matt Nichols has already said he's not coming back. When he was asked by another team, I'm not sure who else is left. I appreciate Metal Shingle Guy waiting until this particular segment to write us. He says, well, Rod, looks like Duke speaks wet when he yells. So much garbage after the whistle is hurting the riders big time. He says, I'm confused. Did Oakman hit Cody low? And did he not give it a twist? It certainly looked that way. Uh, and he says Fajardo needs to sit. Well, I think it's going to be taken out of the rider's hands by virtue of the injury. So we covered a lot today, uh, and we didn't probably get into as much as Touchdown Atlantic as we can. A lot of Maritimers, they do watch this show on East Link Cable out there on Game Plus TV, as you know, specifically Wolfville, where the game was played. And a lot of them love Touchdown Atlantic. They'd love a team. We didn't get too much into whether that's ever going to happen because uh, it doesn't look like it is. But we covered Calgary Stampede, the NHL story, CFL, Little All-Star. We covered it all, Moose. You have a great 22 hours, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Yeah, sounds great. Have a great afternoon, everybody, and uh, great show. We will see the rest of you at noon Eastern on Tuesday, 10 a.m. Mountain, right here on Game Plus TV. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.